0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Attention racing fans, 630 Chad and Fast Track Indoor Karting have teamed up to put Chad listeners and their family members in the driver's seat experience Edmonton's premier kart racing facility at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Now, to enter, you want to visit the contest page. That is at 630 com. And also for racing fans, this of the horse variety, after the 7.30 news, Shannon Sugar Doyle on the show. That is the perfect name for a track announcer. He's at Century Mile, and he's going to preview Sunday's Canadian Derby. That'll be awesome to catch up with him. Blue Jays leading the Yankees 4 uh, nothing. Seventh inning, so the Jays looking good to clinch that playoff spot. We'll keep you updated. The Thursday-nighter, Dolphins leading Jacksonville 14-7 early in the second quarter. The basketball game is only two minutes old. Denver leading Los Angeles. The Lakers 5-4. L.A. up 2-1 in that series. Uh, the East series will resume tomorrow. Miami in the driver's seat there. Alfonso Davies, the Edmontonian, helping Bayern Munich win the UEFA Super Cup 2-1 over Sevilla. Today, 2-1 the final in that match. Curtis Lazar, a new contract with the Buffalo Sabres. The former Oil King gets a two-year deal. Curtis was uh, on the show at 6.05 tonight for a few minutes. Good of him to check in. And if you missed that or anything else, don't forget to look for the Inside Sports podcast or go to 630Ched.com. All right, uh, before I I, I bring Bob on, uh, I want to read Bob's tweet from earlier today. Distinct possibility that we see Yessi Pugliari return to the Edmonton Oilers. On a short-term deal, Bob uh, pointing out new GM, new coach since Poole Yarvey was, uh, was last year. Look, there, there's a lot of uh, talk about this player. Certainly, I, I think uh, I, I was surprised that the Oilers got him at the draft. I, he thought he was going to go one spot higher to Columbus. He had some really good moments um, with the Oilers. And then as Todd McClellan was the head coach, he wasn't playing a lot. He was in the minors. Hitch takes over and Hitch says, I told Peter to bring him up and I'm going to work with this kid. And two weeks into that trial, he's playing even less than he did under McClellan. I know a lot of you debate, well, you got to put Pulley here. Give, put him on the top line. Other people say he's got to earn it. I, wherever he plays, here's my hope for pooley I, I I think somewhere there he has to, to figure out, and maybe he's in the process of doing it, you have to contribute on nights you don't score. The the large majority of NHL players don't get their name on the score sheet at the end of the night. And Rob Brown talks about this all the time. Taking a warm-up with Mark Recchi. Okay, we don't have our legs tonight. What are we going to do? How do we get the energy going? And I think, you know, if an NHL player is at 70% or 80% he can't just say well i don't have it tonight he's he's got to try to way to get into the game and deliver a hit or block a shot or set up somebody else and i think to me bob that's the step poliev has to take and to me it's not so much about his line mates it's it's about him and and figuring out how to do that in the nhl
1: we had uh, we had george larock on today reed and uh, he talked about a conversation that he had had with david pelje about the work ethic from Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle on their skating. Now, those of us that uh, actually saw Connor McDavid skate in Erie, uh, he didn't really have to do much to work on his skating to be the best skater in the NHL, but he keeps working on it. And in Drysaddle's case, the greatest area of improvement since he was playing for Corey Cluston and Prince Albert. It's been on his footwork. And so they work on all aspects of their game, and they're relentless in working, and they grind. And you can extend that metaphor for anybody that's really successful. You know, they they use the – some people have said that Sidney Crosby is the best grinder in the NHL. He's an incredibly gifted player, but he never stops working. And I think what happened to Pauly Arby here, uh, there was a window – and I know these conversations occurred, Uh, but when Todd McClellan was coaching him during the course of the 17, 18 season, there was a stretch between about the middle of November until the second week of January where it looked like Pauly Army was gonna turn the corner and then it went off the rails and it never got back on the rails over the next year and a half. And he got sent up and down a couple times to the minors and then he got frustrated. The agent's ego got involved in the process and lo and behold, we end up in a situation where Poliurpi elects to go back to Finland. Here's what's changed. What's changed is he's only going to make 250 or 300k in Finland. The Finnish league doesn't pay like the KHL, which by the way is paying less now. Uh, it doesn't pay like Switzerland and it doesn't pay like uh, Sweden. So it's not as good a league. He put up some big numbers last year, but he needs to get back and he needs to get back playing. Ken Holland's an experienced GM. He just didn't sit there and flip him for somebody else's problem because he realized he wasn't going to get the return on him. So the likelihood is if Paul Yarby wants to jumpstart his NHL career, he's going to be doing it here. And he's not going to get $1.5 a year, but he might get one, one or $1.2, something like that. And if he does come here, it's my belief, he, I mean, the others would then be at six right wings, Reed. and it's my belief that they'll move a right wing for a left wing at that stage. And uh, Paul Yarby won't be handed top minutes opportunities but his attitude will decide his altitude in the lineup i will tell you i've talked in the last couple of weeks uh to a couple of guys that, uh, you know played with him, and they both say the same thing it's up to him he's got the ability read to be a player but he's got to get it out of himself and they'll see how much progression and maturity has taken place over the last year. If he indeed does get the deal consummated. And uh, we have a situation where uh, we have the return of uh, Yesa to Edmonton.
0: Yeah. Really fascinating story. And again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm writing the kid off. I I just want to see that step from him. And I go back to that all the time, Bob Hitch, Hitch wound up using him less than, than Todd. And then I realized, um, you know, some of the people who really uh, like analytics put out those those numbers with McDavid. I think we got to be careful there, too. Uh, the Oilers ended a five-game losing streak in November of 2016. McDavid got a hat trick. Um and you know that might inflate a little i think one of the goals was really fluky you know they all count but i think there was a weird bounce to the side of the net that mcdavid tapped in and then i know you and i were texting about this last week uh, there was a blowout win in columbus that might like i i just don't think there's enough information there on pull to say that oh yeah he's automatically the right winger for mcdavid i think it's more to it than maybe a couple games where connor went off
1: well i, I thought i'd go the other way uh, for me i'd i'd start like it's it's kind of funny like i wouldn't qualify after the with three million but if you convinced him to get him here cheaper and you had after on one side and pull if he's back on another and then these hey these are very these are total hypotheticals we saw after you in the playoffs in a third line role tilt the ice because he can skate and he can attack with speed and i would start pull sort of a third line right wing uh, with very sheltered uh, minutes, and you can do that because you still got Archibald as a, as a right wing option as well. And and I mean it's it's not a little, uh, you know possibility that if Poliari comes back, maybe the first 20 games that we play, he's not in the top six, and he finishes the year in the final 20 games in the top six. That might be the perfect recipe for him. But he's got to work, and he's got to work in all aspects of his game, and he's 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 got to be able to read and react with the guys on the ice. There's something there. They got to get it out of them. And the reality is they can't get back what they invested in the pick and what he's worth in a trade. So that's part of the reason why we're headed towards a reconciliation.
0: Bob Stauffer joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Host of Oilers now every day noon to 2 here on 630 Ched Blue Jays still up 4-0 on the Yankees. One out, Yankees batting in the uh, top of the eighth. Blue Jays uh, win it and they're going to the expanded postseason in Major League Baseball. Getting uh, asked more and more about the draft. uh, And of course we'll have coverage uh, of that uh, the first round and then the the rest of the rounds the the next day here on 630 Ched, So we look forward to that, Bob you know, I, I get asked a lot: Who are they going to take? I I still think, and we, we all know what my predictions are like. But I still really wonder if Ken Holland, unless someone drops him at fourteen, if if he's if he's going to move that pick or other picks or some combination to try to reclaim, like they don't have a second, third, and fourth rounder. And and I just think Holland's talked about building a program. I I really think Oilers fans should be watching for that pick to potentially be moved.
1: Well, they do have the option of having a third rounder, and I think at this stage they probably keep it if they don't make a trade. Right? They have the option as to which year they give Calgary for J- James Neal the third round. Fair player. point. Right. Fair point.
0: Right. But um, I still think he'd like.
1: He- you know, read for me. There's probably three or four options there at fourteen. If they're not there, I could see San Jose or Ottawa being uh, potential players. Certainly, San Jose. They had a bad year. Of course, their number one is going and went to Ottawa. It's part of the Eric Carlson trade. Um, I, Doug Wilson's made big deals. Ottawa's in a situation where they're at three and five. Do they need? Do they need three, five, and fourteen? but they have four number twos. So San Jose's got two number twos. Uh, San Jose's pick's going to be like 30 or 31 or whatever. I guess it's Tampa Bay's pick, so it might be 31 because that was the barkley didrow trade. So, you know, it's it, the, the, I think San Jose's got like the 34 as well. So does the 31, 34, and whatever other second-round pick that uh, San Jose has, is that enough to go to 14? Uh, you know, I, I think you got to get the two picks in the second as part of it. I think, Reid, that's a valid point by you. A distinct possibility. I'm going to give you some names, though. Uh, I don't think Seth Jarvis is going to be there. I think uh-huh. he's sort of the rising star. Maybe the way Kotkaniemi was a couple of years ago and Kirby Dock was last year, completely different type of player, a bit more like Braden Point. Um, uh, Anton Lundell, I think he might actually slide out of the top 10, but it's probably sitting there at 11-12. And then uh, a wild card is Caden Dooley, who's from at Park i mean you gotta have defense to win and one of the reasons why people are bullish read in terms of free agency on the oilers is because they know they've got a plethora of young defensemen coming that might alter sort of the financial makeup like the Oilers might have a cheap defense because they're transitioning for sure bouchard and broberg in the next couple years and possibly sam Marukov as well not to mention caleb jones so edmonton's in a unique spot on defense but it doesn't mean that that precludes them from taking another defenseman but if a bunch of those guys are gone, Reed, I'm 100% on board with you. I think they'll trade down.
0: All right. Don't get too excited. Guess what I have for you? I have a quiz for Stauffer. Okay. How hard is it? Uh, I don't know, actually. I think the I think you're going to find these kind of fun. I, I, have a, I have a hockey one and I have an NFL one. Which one do you want first? You don't have a college football one? Not this time. I'll, I'll try to get one next time. And you don't have an international <laughs> soccer one? Well, I've done that in the past. I got to spread. There's always going to be a hockey one, and then I got to cycle through some other sports. Give me the hockey one first. Who was the last Oiler to score a hat trick in the Stanley Cup final?
1: Last Oiler to score a hat trick in the Stanley Cup final. So we would have to go uh, back to. I'm going to say eighty. and I'll say Yari Curry against
0: Philadelphia You got the right player It was Yari Curry May 18th 1990 in a 7-2 oh, win over fine. Boston
1: Yeah, he got five points In that game, that's bad that's Well, bad. you got
0: you, half credit Partial credit
1: you know what, I, I missed that game I, I watched all of game one of that series And I forget where we were, but I missed all of game two We were in Wells, BC, I remember that I watched all of game one of the bar Because we had a pretty legendary night afterwards All right. Some of the the locals weren't too happy the Oilers won that (laughs) night. That's all I'll have to say.
0: Speaking of legends, the, uh, the best quarterback in the history of the NFL was famously taken 199th overall in the 2000 NFL draft. That is Tom Brady. Only one quarterback was taken in the first round that year. He went 18th overall. Who was it? And I can give you a couple hints here along the way. All right. Give me the school
1: that he played at. Do you have that? Uh, Marshall. Oh, Byron Leftwich.
0: It was not Byron Leftwich. Okay, uh, this second, wait, hold on, oh Chad Pennington. Of the it was Chad Pennington. I was going to say there's sort of an Edmonton connection, sort of, because Ricky wound up there. Uh, oh. And then, of course, I would have said the Jets, but Chad Pennington was the only quarterback taken in the first round in uh, in 2000. He had a couple good years.
1: Uh, yeah, he had a, He didn't have any arm strength. Leftwich is a. Offensive coordinator,
0: I believe, in the NFL now. But, uh, I'm going to uh, check that on the flight. And did, did he was he not drafted by the Jags? He was. He when he was at Marshall, he tore his
1: ACL in a game, and the players carried him down the field as he orchestrated a game-winning drive because he couldn't he couldn't walk, but they had to keep him going.
0: He was. Funny, se- are you looking? Up, are you looking? Yeah, he was, okay, he was. He was seventh overall. The Jaguars, you know, three. Palmer went first that year. Uh, he's the oh, he's the offensive coordinator for the Bucks. There you go. There he, there so you he's know. Brady's old coordinator.
1: Yeah. So and he was for Marshall, right? Leftwich. Yep. Yeah. So Absolutely. When you, when you said Marshall, the first guy I thought was I I'd forgotten about you know what and I should have realized that Leftwich was uh of a more recent vintage and of course you know Marshall had the uh the plane accident right back in life. like yep.
0: well, what's is years. the movie. The movie's just "We Are Marshall," isn't it? I think
1: right from from about nineteen. I think their accident was in sixty nine, and Bobby Bowden, who later coached Florida State, uh, was referenced in that movie, and he was coaching West Virginia at that time, and they loaned him a bunch of equipment and stuff. So it was a very bittersweet scene.
0: Bob, this was a blast, buddy. Have a great show tomorrow. Okay, we'll try to uh, fake our way through another one. Reed, take care. There we go. Bob Stauffer Oilers now noon to two every day here on
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: 630, Chad. Good chat there. 780-496-0063 to call or text back after the break. the 8th. Blue Jays leading the Yankees 4-1. 2 out. Yankees have the bases loaded, so the Jays got to get out of this jam, and they're trying to zero in on uh, on a playoff spot. Scott from Sherwood Park says, it amazes me how much Bob can remember about the details pertaining to the NHL, let alone every other random sports league. Truly a wonder. Glad to uh, have him running the show from noon to 2. Bob's memory is uh, incredible and uh, very, very wide ranging. Probably... If uh, Bob Stauffer and I were to have some sort of a sports trivia competition, I'm pretty confident I would win the golf category. I I could probably hang around in hockey and, and maybe some football categories. College football, he would absolutely destroy me. It's always fun to have him on the show. Gary Bettman, commissioner of the NHL, was on Hockey Central, asked, will bubbles be used in the next regular season?
3: We have no expectation that the players are going to be locked in a bubble for six months away from their families and friends. That, right. That's just not realistic. Doing it for the playoffs was one thing, and I'm grateful and admire their willingness to do it. But, but at the end of the day, whatever we do, can't be that because it it just doesn't work and what our job is is to evaluate all the moving pieces, understand them, understand what our options are to address them and then at the appropriate time make the best possible decision and then be agile enough as an organization to be able to deliver on what we decide to do, which is pretty much what we did this time.
0: Yeah, well, they they don't want to go into the bubble. I mean, if you read that article on uh, ESPN.com by Emily Kaplan and John Wasinski, uh, they talked to nine players anonymously and a, a bubble for the regular season simply would not fly. Uh, by the way, we, we uh, added a guest here. Before 8 o'clock, we're going to squeeze in Matthew Schneider from the NHL Players Association and, of course, a member of the last Canadian team to uh, win the the Stanley Cup with the Montreal Canadiens in 1993. He's going to be on around 7.45. When we get back, a preview of the Canadian Derby with Shannon Sugared Oil. (laughs) Blue Jays got out of that jam. They lead the Yankees 4-1. Now they're batting in the bottom of the eighth. Dolphins lead the Jaguars 21-7 with a minute left in the first half. The Lakers are up on Denver 37-30 after the first quarter. High-scoring quarter there. Uh, tomorrow, Stanley Cup final. Game four right here on six thirty. Chad. The broadcast starts at 6, same time for game five on Saturday. The Canadian Derby coming up on Sunday This gentleman will be calling the race at Century Mile. It's my good buddy, Shannon Sugar Doyle. Sugar, how's it going, man?
3: Yeah, not too bad. It's uh, been a good day. Got my J's on, got my uh, 6.30 Chet on, and uh, looking forward to uh, Derby on Sunday evening.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Uh, How's it? uh, I mean, you and I got to know each other a few years ago, and uh, you've been away from Edmonton for a few years. What's it like being back, man?
3: Oh, it's uh, wonderful, you know. uh, Normally, I've been uh, doing the summers in, in Prince Edward Island. I work a little track in London that doesn't race in the in the summertime. So, uh, when the opportunity was not there to get back to PEI because of COVID restrictions, I had to find another place to go, and uh, Alberta was my next best choice.
0: Obviously, you used to call the races at Northlands Century Mile, a new facility and a right. longer track. It's a full mile. Any differences for an announcer?
2: Um
3: the sight lines are a little bit different but you know what a, a good set of binoculars and, there, and there's no problem we've got some great lighting here of course uh... the canadian derby is likely going to be run under the lights at about 10 p.m uh, our time on sunday evening so uh... lots of great track lighting the colors of the jockeys uh... the jockey silks and the you know the blinkers on the horses all those colors pop so i have no problem picking up the horses here and uh... I try to get the calls right uh, most every time, and that lighting, it certainly helps out a lot.
0: H- has the derby, has it been run a- at night recently? Like, we-, we used to have it on Chet, and it was always an afternoon uh, race. Is this a new thing that it's an evening race? I believe
3: this could be a first for a Canadian derby in Alberta. Uh, anytime I've called it, uh, I-, I called them back in the 2010 to 2013. It was always a Saturday afternoon, right? So, uh We've been racing Sunday evenings, uh, Friday evenings as well. Sunday has been our big day, our our big betting day. We did a $1.3 million wager, which is the highest in 20 years here in Alberta. That was back on September 6th. So we're staying on that busy uh, market night for us. And uh, you know what? We, We can't bring a whole lot of fans in on track. For the race, uh, due to the restrictions, uh, so we're going to stick with that Sunday evening. It's been working well for us all summer long, and uh, I'm thinking we'll give that 1.6 million dollar record Derby Day handle a good run for its money. That 1.6 was posted back in 1980, 40 years ago
0: oh wow well I gotta tell you I, I've mentioned this a couple of times I've uh, I've signed up for HPI bet uh, I spent uh, I went through the whole night of the fall classic two or three weeks ago uh, my mom and dad got involved a little bit especially my mom you gotta keep her under control so that is that's a great way to follow the races and, and, and hear you and of course uh, you know some restrictions with how many people can attend so you know HPI bet is absolutely great okay uh, well we got 11 horses uh, in, in the field and you were telling me this the the seven horse may be one to watch here
3: yeah uh, number seven would be the hometown favorite for this race his name is Masqua uh, now the the lady that's a part owner in on this horse, Linda Smith, uh, her husband, the Red Smith, that's the trainer, she says Maskwacis it stands for Little Bear, uh, meaning Little Bear Maskwacis. Uh, actually, the caretaker's name uh, is uh, Dennis Sexton, his nickname is Bear. And you know when you tie all this in together with the year of the mask, and this has got to be the hunch play on 2020 at
0: Century Mile. All right, so we'll keep an eye on on him. Now, now Rico Walcott, obviously an outstanding jockey. Uh, Was there something going on with his decision for who he was going to ride on Sunday? What's the latest here? The thing about Rico is he's the best jockey in Alberta. He's an eight-time
3: Alberta jockey champion here. He's a five-time winner of the Canadian Derby. He's going to ride the best horse. Now, he's been on Mascua in all of his starts this season. Mascua is a winner of three from four races here at Century Mile. Um, Him and his agent got together. They were watching a horse by the name of Synergy out of BC. Now, this colt has gone on and won three of three races, including the BC Cup there. So Rico, his decision to book off of Mascua his decision, it all lies on Synergy. In what he thinks is his best shot at winning another Canadian derby. It's the BC Invader synergy coming in unbeaten in 2020.
0: All right. Uh, was it a mile and three aces Is that what we're looking at? I believe we're going a mile and a quarter. Mile and a quarter. So will, will all these horses have that distance under their belts at least once, or is this going to be?
3: I don't think. I've been looking through, and yeah. uh, a lot of these horses are going to try the mile and a quarter for the first time. There's there's a few of them in here that have gone a mile and a 16th and uh, maybe a mile and an 8th, but a mile and a quarter, it's going to be asking a lot for, for many of these horses. Some of these horses I know that are coming in, I've never seen them in person before. I've got about five of them, I think, but. Like, get, Big Al's Vision, Rail Hugger, Bareback Jack, Mask with Cheese, and uh, Real Grace. Those are the ones that have been here in Alberta. Everything else is coming in. We've been, we're being invaded on Sunday evening. <laughs>
0: uh well yeah that's always interesting too to see those sore horses coming in from from out of province for sure and the interesting thing about the derby is so many things on the sports calendar have been thrown so far out of of whack i mean we saw the kentucky derby recently the masters is going to be in november but for the canadian derby this is only about four weeks later than it usually would have been right
3: right we're usually a mid-august and, and like we said uh, it's usually a saturday afternoon with, with thousands on track right next to the fence cheering on the horses we're not going to have that crowd we're not going to be doing a, a matinee card of racing it's going to be under the lights but uh, there'll be plenty of people tuned in and watching uh online like you say through hpi the rtn uh, network as well and uh There'll be lots of eyes on this race on the Sunday evening come 10 o'clock. All right. And what time does the
0: whole card start that day? We're going to get underway at 5.15,
3: and uh, we've got 12 races. Along with the Canadian Derby, we've got five other stakes races involved. I'll tell you what, Ray, uh, one of the biggest cards I've ever seen, 118 horses are racing over those 12 oh. races. So that, that's a big card of racing.
0: You're going to be busy learning a lot of names, sugar.
3: Oh, I've already been busy, man. I've been I've been doing my homework last few days, hired at it today. And there's lots of prep work involved for for a day like this. And it, it's not just me; it's, it's our whole team, uh, the horse people, uh, getting these horses ready. It, this is this is a big deal for for everyone involved in horse racing in Western Canada.
0: Well, it's an awesome day. Now, what's going on with you? Are you going to do stuff over the winter here, or do you you have a plan for when the snow starts flying? What's happening? I I do have a plan, Reed, and here's how it goes. Uh, I'm going to call the races
3: on Friday night here. Sunday evening Canadian Derby night and on Monday morning I'm on a flight back to London Ontario because uh, that little track in London it starts up uh, first week of October and, and I'll be busy there for the winter months we're a winter track only in London it, it's harness racing and uh, that's where I earn my keep through the winters
0: now. Well, you're a busy man. It's a good thing we got you on before you're on that plane. <laughs> yeah, it's, a lot, it's a lot of fun, Marie, though. A very lucky guy. They, they,
3: they say if you, you get to do something you love, you, you'll never work in a day in your life, right?
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for checking in. I love talking to you. Thanks for giving us some of the storylines going into the Derby. I was furiously making notes. Uh, I'm, I'm sure my mom will have several notepads prepared for her betting, and uh, we really appreciate it, Shannon. You're an awesome guest. Right on. Thank you, Reed. Tell Mom to play Synergy and Rico at a post-10. Oh, she likes Rico. I think she might. Talk to you soon, buddy. <laughs> right on. Thanks. That is Shattered Sugared Oil on Inside Sports. Uh, and it, look, give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, as well, pretty uh, simple handle, Sugar Doyle. And don't forget, uh, you can follow Century Mile at CNTY Mile. They got all the uh, the post positions and, and more previews about the races. And, uh, yeah, Synergy coming in from BC looking pretty good. So we'll keep an eye on that. 742 Inside Sports on 630 Chat. 4-1 for the Blue Jays, one out in the top of the ninth, a couple outs away from clinching a playoff spot. So we will hopefully have a result before we uh, sign off
2: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
0: The uh, Matthew Schneider from the NHLPA in a few minutes. In this time slot tomorrow, game four of the Stanley Cup final. It'll start at six, Tampa Bay and Dallas. We also have game five. That'll be at six o'clock on Saturday. If they need a game six, we'll have that on Monday at six. If not, then I will have inside sports during that time slot. Full count, two out, top of the ninth, nobody on. Blue Jays leading the Yankees 4 1, hoping to close it out and clinch a playoff spot. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate being joined by Matthew Schneider course, from the NHL Players Association, special assistant to executive director Don Fear, Matthew, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad, Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for uh, for fitting me in tonight. It's it's nice to talk to you. Now, are you back uh, in, in the bubble here in Edmonton? And if so, how is bubble life for you?
2: Yeah, no, I have been back for the last uh, I think it's close to three weeks now. I was in for the for the uh, first three weeks of the bubble it's uh, a lot more quiet now. It's uh, there's uh, you know guys are just uh, focused getting ready uh, night before game. So the, for, for us here, the, uh, the non-game days uh, get pretty long.
0: Well, it, it was a pretty uh, amazing process going through it all. I mean, I was on a couple of conference calls where it was you and uh, Mr. Fear and Gary Bettman and, and Bill Daly and there was so much planning. Can you tell me about the, the the collaboration to get this done? I mean, sometimes there's a combative relationship between the Players Association and the league, but an incredible amount of cooperation here.
2: Yeah, you know, there were there were uh, two separate uh, negotiations, I guess, going on at the same time. I think, uh, you know, I, I've said this, you know, plenty of times in, in uh, the last couple months, but... I think a lot of people didn't realize that how much work had already been done on the actual CBA negotiation. We'd been talking for the last uh, the better part of the last two years. Uh, we had a lot of agreements and a lot of things. Had it not been for that, I think it would have been um, ten times more difficult to get an agreement done in the time frame that we were looking at. And then we were looking at the pandemic issues and the return to play and coming up with the uh scenario that we that we ended up with the uh in format and by teams uh leading into the uh traditional stanley cup that we're watching now and at its conclusion and i think we were all holding our breath for a long period of time until we got into the bubble and um, you know we feel very fortunate that we're here at this point
0: well I want to touch on the Edmonton angle and and I know leading up to this, there were rumors about this city, that city, this report, that report. We're not going to go through all that, but ultimately, you know, for you, how how you went through this uh, Edmonton, you know, um, maintaining itself as a, as a hub candidate and ultimately being uh, selected.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, our, our doctors played a a huge role in, Kind of, and, and almost every decision that we made, um, including the protocols, but um, the final big decision where we were going to play, um, you know, was based, I think, an awful lot on the number of cases of COVID and in the different cities that we were looking at, and you know, our our potential for success was uh, you know uh, higher uh, here than we thought it would be in a city like Las Vegas, which was uh, the other city where we we're—I mean—we're we pretty much uh, set on that and heading there—and change course uh, at the very last minute uh, to come here in Toronto. And uh, you know, it's easy to look back and say, "Well, we would have been all right uh, in Toronto." And uh, basketballs had success in Florida, which was uh, a state that was saw a big uptick in cases around the time that they started. and I think you know between us and the NBA, we proved that uh, the bubble uh, has been effective. Uh, although you know, I'm, I'm not sure that we would we would either either sport would want to do it for an entire season or half a season. But um, you know uh, we're we're not going to second guess anything. And um, like I said, we're we're really happy that we're here in this situation right now and uh, getting ready to award the Stanley Cup pretty soon.
0: Yeah, going to happen within a week. Matthew Schneider from the NHLPA joining us on Inside Sports, a member of the last uh, Canadian team to win the Cup, 1993 Montreal. Matthew, can you, if you don't mind, is there anything you can share about um, feedback from players about the bubble, maybe any... Maybe they had some concerns that didn't come to pass. Maybe maybe they've had a request or two for, for tweaking. Has there any, been any main theme uh in the feedback coming back from the players who have been in the bubble?
2: Um, you know, I, I think uh it was Justin Falk who was on our return to play committee and uh you know, he he, he made a comment on one of our calls uh where we were talking about which city we'd be in. You know, guys that are you know, obviously have played in all these different cities, and stayed in the hotels, and kind of understand, you know, what the setups might have been. And he says, "It really doesn't matter. Whatever we do, it's putting, trying to put lipstick on a pig. We're going to be in a hotel in a bubble, regardless of where we are. Um, you know, the the two things that we were really focused on from the very beginning uh, was space and good food." Uh, access to good food and and uh, you know we in, in both cities uh, we've had that I, I didn't get to experience the t- Toronto bubble but um, I think they had the benefit of uh, being able to just walk over BMO Field uh, from one of the hotels that they were in the Hotel X there uh, which I, I think gave them a, a bit of an advantage having that access to the outdoor space that we haven't necessarily had here from the very beginning. Uh, you know, partway into uh, into the, the, the beginning of the bubble, uh, we were able to get Commonwealth Field, and a lot of guys have enjoyed going over there, just hanging out, seeing some grass, things of that nature. But, um, you know, the feedback was has been really good from a lot of players. Uh, I think, you know, the, the teams that have been in here the longest, uh the i think this uh semi and and final round these teams have been extremely focused we haven't seen or heard an awful lot from the guys uh you know my, the other pa staff members and myself that are kind of in and around you know the lobbying hanging out watching all the different sports that have been on throughout this uh the, this entire time um but it, it's just it's been very interesting and i think we've learned an awful lot i Don't imagine a scenario where we would do this again, but if we had to, I think we've learned an awful lot from
0: it. Matthew, I'll just ask you one more, and thanks for being generous with your time tonight, and and I apologize if uh, you've been asked this one a million times because it is about next season, (laughs) and that's being brought up a lot. You know, Mr. Bedman said on the weekend, maybe December, maybe January, but he also wants 82 games and to be done by the summer and to get the calendar back on track for next fall. That, that might be tough, but I understand, you know, that he's he's setting the bar high. Does the PA have some priorities about how next season might look, whether it's a start time, a finish time, number of games played, anything like that?
2: Well, you know, I, I think guys want to play as many games as possible, you know, getting as close as we can to the 82 if we can. I think that's a that's a high priority. Um, you know, I know in, in different lockout years going back, we played as, as few as 48 games. Um, that's really not something that guys want to consider. Uh, and and I think, you know, we've proven that we can play. Uh, all, all of the major sports have proven that. Uh, soccer, now we get got college sports coming back. We can play. There's no question about that. Uh, it's just how can we maximize, how can we get, back closer to normal how can we get as many games as possible in front of as many fans as possible and all those things are taken into consideration but I think you know the players have a certain comfort level knowing that we can play it was extremely important for us to really work to come back in this return to play scenario and get this tournament and this stanley cup uh under our belts and i think that's given players an awful lot of comfort and knowing that we can we can safely play hopefully we got a vaccine sooner rather than later and if you push you know maybe into a january potentially start date uh, i know gary has mentioned a couple times starting with uh, the winter classic maybe something along those lines but. Uh, I, I think we're going to really have to think about some creative ways. We've talked about, you know, playing a, a, a more efficient schedule where maybe uh, one team goes into a city and play, plays a series like baseball does, you know, three games, things like that. We might have to start with a Canadian division if we're still dealing with border, border issues. Uh, so, you know, those are the type of things, and, and I think there's a willingness uh, on both sides, to be creative and try to come up with solutions that are going to work uh, to get as many games as possible in, and then uh, and then another Stanley Cup final. Uh, the only the only restriction we have on the back end, and it's and it's a big one, is the 20. Uh, the olympics uh we don't we don't want to you know be competing with the olympics i think from the stanley cup final uh next summer so that's kind of where we're looking at the at the stop date would be the end of
0: july right on okay great summary matthew thanks for fitness in i know you're busy thank you for coming on inside sports and enjoy the rest of your time in edmonton
2: thanks for having me reed appreciate it
0: That is Matthew Schneider checking in tonight's special assistant to NHLPA Executive Director Don Fear. Uh, Interesting clip. Wish we had more time to uh, break it down, but we got to sign off. The Blue Jays have won. They have clinched thanks to the producer, Dave Campbell, studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. My name's Reed. Have a great night. 630Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Chad.